Hello, dear friends. Here we are at Kardec Radio, always nourishing our souls. And we are nourishing our souls with lifting hope. Lifting hope is a program at Kardec Radio based on the book Memoirs of a Suicide. This book is all about hope. Throughout the book, we'll read time and again the expression hope, hope, lifting hope. So hope it is. It's the book of hope. It talks about suicide, but it shows to us the mercy of God. We are not abandoned by God. No matter the mistake we commit, we make, there are consequences, but there is always a beautiful renewing solution. So this book brings to us the story, mainly the story of Camilo Castelo Branco, who was a Portuguese, renowned Portuguese writer in the 19th century, right? He wrote more than 260 books. And when he became blind, he couldn't take the pain. He committed suicide. In the afterlife, he understood that life didn't end. On the contrary, the suffering just escalated. He describes the pains, the sorrows, the anguishes, the horrors of leaving that pain constantly. The last minutes that would be repeated in his mind while being among several other suicidal spirits who were feeling the same pains or worse. He said the value of suicides is so difficult, they couldn't see an end. But every now and then, caravans by the legion of the servants of Mother Mary would come to rescue those who were prepared to enter a new opportunity. They were brought to the spiritual realm, to the colony Mary of Nazareth, the colony Hope, City of Hope, sorry, City of Hope, where there was the hospital, Mary of Nazareth. In that city, there were several sectors and buildings, and they learned the rehabilitation pathway, a rehabilitation that took efforts to the spiritual body and mainly the mind. Now we are at a moment in which they were allowed to choose either to reincarnate or to go to their courses on initiation, which would prepare them better for a, a reincarnation. In this case, our dear Camilo Botelho learned about the opportunity to study at the university in the spiritual realm. And that's where we are in this chapter today. They are, they were just admitted in the university sector. They are going to start their first lesson with the mentor Anibal, who got to know of Jesus when he was young. At Jesus' time, Anibal was one of the children who were embraced by Jesus 
were embraced by Jesus when he said, let the children come to me. And from there on, he lived his life by learning and serving with Master Jesus. Now experienced, knowledgeable, wise, he is the instructor of a special course. And that's where we are today. So welcome to Kardec Radio. Welcome. I can see friends here. I see you. I can see Alan Swift. Hello, Alan. How are you? Hello, Jailton. Hello, Andrea Cosley. How have you been? Hello, Margo Malik. Welcome. Hello, Daisy. Galen, how are you? Hello, Carol Correa. How have you been? Hello, Paula. How are you? Mm -hmm. And I see more friends that I cannot tell. I know there are more, but I cannot tell because it depends on the comments. Feel free to write a question, make a comment, and we'll talk about it. Okay? Now, let us study together this beautiful chapter 17. Shall we? This chapter is titled, Come Unto Me. It's all about those who are tired of suffering. Who is not, right? Hopefully, we all are. Because when we recognize that we're tired of suffering, suffering from so many things in life, suffering from sometimes feeling the things we don't want to feel anymore, right? The sense of less worthiness, sometimes ambitions, temptations of all sorts, addictions. For us now, in this chapter, we're going to listen to Anibal. Anibal began to lecture on the urgency for all of us, as well as all humanity, whether on the earthly physical plane or the lower and intermediate invisible, to re-educate ourselves under the guidance of the fertile Christian norms. Let us meditate on this, to re-educate ourselves under the guidance of the Christian norms. He said to all those who are taking the course, it's an urgent matter. Well, we need to do the assessment question to all of ourselves. Because as Jesus said to Nicodemus, it's not enough to know. We need, we need to feel it. Do you feel yourself re-educated or being re-educated towards these Christian norms? And it's fair if you reply, I don't know, because we need to know what the Christian norms are. The Christian norms are not the ones that we learn outside. They are the ones that are deeply moral. They're, they have nothing to do with believing in the virginity of Mother Mary. No. In these events and facts, we're talking about the moral, ethical aspect of it all. 
for our reference, if you want to know, which is fair, they'll go according to spiritism as a solution. Okay? Think about this. In the gospel according to spiritism, we have a summary of what these Christian norms are all about. And to be more specific, I'll give you a chapter. And of course, I don't know the number, and we don't need to know it by heart, but it says, <clears throat> here it is. If you want to know a good chapter for your reference, here it is. Chapter 17, and here it is. Items, item 3, okay? Item 3, 17, item 3. Moral persons, and then the spiritist person. It's all the summary about it. So when Anibo tells us we need the to urgently re-educate ourselves according to the Christian norms in the gospel according to spiritism, there is a checklist. It talks about the items for us to follow through. If you read it and you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing this, I'm not, don't be discouraged. Propose yourself like Ben Franklin, he did with his 13 virtues list, to go there and work on it daily. For example, they have faith in the future. They place spiritual possessions above above temporal ones. So we think, oh, do I have faith in the future or am I doubting it? So we need to go there, double check, and keep aiming at it daily. That's our goal. The good spiritist is not the one that is perfect but one that manages their inclinations of the past and no longer serve us, renewing ourselves. Okay? That's our goal. That's our goal. Right, Nora Brasil? Thank you, Kara Correa, for helping us here. She has put in the Facebook comment the very, the very reference for us, the Gospel According to Spiritism, Chapter 17, item 3. So, Anibo summarized to the students. Contrary to mysticism and miracles, Christianity as a universal doctrine that had its origin in the sempiternal laws, meaning the divine laws, the foundations of Christianity were practical to the utmost for promoting the moral healing of humans and the societies in which they were called to live on their long evolutionary career. I'll ask for your kindness to wait for a second because my daughter woke up in the middle of the night. My husband is there and I can tell if I don't go there now, she's not going to stop crying. So... I ask for your kindness to wait for a second, please.
Okay. Thank you, friends, for waiting. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for waiting. And happy birthday, Jailton, by the way. Sunshine's birthday was the other day. And I skipped it. So happy birthday, Sunshine. Happy birthday, Jailton. Thank you for waiting. I apologize. Here we have our dear Anibal reminding us that we need to overcome the darkness with the teachings of the Sublime Master. Who is not tired of suffering? We all are. Hopefully we are. Because there are many people who seem to be suffering, but they don't realize it. They keep inflicting more and more and choosing more and more suffering. So he said to all of them, <clears throat> he then explained that this first class would consist of introducing himself as an instructor. Because he said in his case, it's always good educational method for the mentor to present himself his own examples. Of course, this is in the spiritual realm. We here on earth, we're not mentors. We're not that type of instructor. So my personal examples not necessarily will illuminate people because we are all at the same level, but they're in the spiritual realm where the moral hierarchy really presents itself when they introduce themselves in their own ascension, their own difficulties, they are inspired and create a special bond with the, the students as well. And that's what he did. He talked about his life, his last existence in Italy, and during the Middle Ages, and then many other lives they were astonished now this is beautiful to see anibal's words translated into images and scenes that were reflected on the miraculous screen as anibal spoke the images of his earthly migrations were reproduced on it with such with such sharpness that we could easily imagine being co-participants in the times brought up from the secret repositories of his mind. They were like, they said, it's unlike any movie theater they've seen. And Anibal one day ex later explained, this screen upon which I let my soul be reflected is a sort of mirror. The scenes you've just seen flashing on it were my memories, dear disciples, awakened intact and living from the deepest folds of my conscience. <laughs> and he says, as we live our lives on earth and in the spiritual realm, realm, all the children of the Almighty imprint in the folds of their soul in the deep layers of their conscience, the entire epic of their journey, their actions, their deeds, and even their thoughts. 
So, Leon Denis talks about it, Kardec talks about it, Andre Lewis talks about it, Emmanuel, and now Camilo reinforces it. Different mediums, and we're going to see the same story. Everything we feel, we say, we do, we think, is imprinted in our spiritual body and stays there. And it's like recorded, registered, and can be assessed whenever we need it. We can escape from facing our own sowing. That's what he learned. Okay, that's very beautiful. And he says here, and archived in the luminous waves of the ether throughout the infinity of time, in its turn, the astral body, the envelope we present presently display as the spirits free of the material body, this highly subtle and faithful apparatus whose marvelous constitution you're still not capable of comprehending registers in identical detail the same things that the conscience has stored down through time. One day, he says, we're going to use this on earth, but hopefully when we evolve more, because if we don't evolve more, we may use it for criminal purposes, as many other things we have been used for criminal purposes on earth. But he says he's able to project it thanks to the collective magnetism of everybody and his own mental projection. So this is a beautiful way of educating people. Can you imagine the way we do it? And at some point in his course, Anibo starts talking about Jesus. And as he talks about Jesus and the scenes appear in the screen. And Camilo, remember in his previous life, he's not very religious. It's the first time that he's seen Jesus beyond what he got to know on earth when he was last incarnated. Many of us don't know, know Jesus as he truly is. And we are yet to know. The Spiritist books are true revelations for us because it presents to us a master for those who are, who are thirsty for knowledge, for the truth, a um, doctor for the souls who are suffering, a therapist that consoles us, and somebody who is also a teacher to educate us. So he says here, as Anibo expounded his beautiful lessons, the Nazarene, compassionate and loving, possessing incalculable psychic powers, and the strongest mental powers that he had ever have ever been imagined, created and materialized scenes that convey to his enraptured listeners the splendor of his inner visions, which his fertile, powerful mind never tired of disclosing. It is true that not everyone who heard him understood him. Not even all those chosen to assist in his redemptive ministry were able to comprehend him, but others, 
those for whom he represented the incorruptible light of the truth, the simple, the suffering, the thirsty for justice and hope, persons of goodwill, devoid of pride and selfishness of the times, and vibrating more or less in tandem with them. These followed the creative waves of his luminous thought and absorbed the teachings he exemplified in every possible way. When his disciples spoke to of him, they too unconsciously projected memories and thoughts. These were then collected by the spirits in charge of assisting them, who immediately materialized them in powerful suggestions for sincere, good-willed listeners. So this is a condition for us. We can understand Jesus and the teachings if we are of goodwill, if we are open-minded and open-hearted, if we are really feeling like so permeable because of the pains and the sorrows of life. People who think their life is, you know, all the material life, they are impermeable to it. They can't understand the Jesus that is the real one, right? So, he says, dear disciples, we'll be using the same means to teach the doctrine left by the divine instructor. The directors of this colony were highly inspired in adopting such method for the instruction of its words. It is a method that will make it impossible to create personal interpretations, erroneous concepts, sophisms, or interpolations. So from that day onward, they attended the Nibos classes on a regular days, basis and began their moral preparation in the light of the teachings of the Divine Messiah. Pause. Previous chapters, we saw the mentor of Agenor Penalva, think Brother Santerim, Father Santerim, was doing what they call moral therapy. And it was when he asked, he talked to Agenor Penalva, who was not a good son to his parents in the last incarnation. And he said, he wrote in a piece of paper, the commandment of God, honor your father and mother, and ask Agenor Penalva to write a dissertation on the duties of children before their parents. That is called moral therapy. Anibal here is using a different method, but one in which by visualizing Jesus' passages, unmistakably we can refer to them to observe how we can mold inside of us the potential, the divine potential, and emulate Jesus. On earth, though incarnated, we can do the same, the moral charity. I know the word moral is very complicated in our uh, current society because 
it's very heavy, it seems very impositional, but here we're talking about the principles of life, the values of life, we need to rescue them. This laissez-faire society is not going to lead us to, to advancements. We really need to joyfully gravitate to our educational uh, pathway of the soul. So the instructor started by explaining the causes behind Jesus coming to the earth, the civilizations, the preparation for Jesus coming, etc. They also started attending an advanced course in philosophy and comparative analysis, which was breathtaking, beautiful, moving, mm -hmm, to join their instructor in resurrecting the, from the silence of the century, the societies that succeeded each other. He starts describing that he was enamored by it all. And Camilo says, during a certain class on an amenable and harmonious day in which our hearts beat with vague longings of hope, like, like blessed promises that became hallelujahs for our souls, Anibal introduced us to the unmistakable, unforgettable figure of the gentle rabbi of Galilee by means of remembrances reproduced on the magnetic screen with the living and captivating colors of reality. And then he starts talking about Jesus in, he, in other ways, that consoles and brings hope to the hearts of all the suicide spirits who are taking this course. Literally, Jesus' message, the good news, is the message of hope. Because right now, you and I, we fall short, right? We aim high, we fall short. We aim high, we fall short. But Jesus is always saying, keep on trying, keep on working on it. One day, you do what I do and much more. Do you think he lied to us? He said, only you, Chico Xavier, only you, Kardec, only you, Leon Denis, he says, all of us on earth. So, we cannot despise ourselves, doubt one another, and mainly doubt ourselves. We start doubting people and their potential when we doubt ourselves. Because when we know our potential, we can see that everybody is just like us. They can also succeed. We can succeed. They can succeed. Everybody can succeed is able to succeed, mm? right? And, and Karakuri is saying, this may be how Stephen met the masters through his conversations with Simon Peter. Exactly, Carol. That's a good reminder in the book, Paul. And Stephen, Stephen listens to Simon Peter's account of the divine Messiah, and he's enchanted. From there on, it's Stephen's legacy. Thank you, Carol, for this beautiful reminder. Anibal 
enabled us to hear Jesus and learn from him the pathway to our urgent rehabilitation. Anibal did all of these patient weaving explanations together like an emeritus professor conscious of these, of these, he was expounding, making sure his pupils were grasping what he was saying. Thus we learn that not only the earth has received the good news through Jesus' words of goodness and redemption, but the lower astral realm too, because Jesus had the power, had power enough to go anywhere and make himself visible according to his wishes. And since misfortune and calamities of a moral nature are incontestably more intense and profound in the lower realms than on the earth per se, Jesus would also go there to convert spirits that had remained for centuries in the darkness of ignorance or on the slope of ostracism. And in the same way that he was converting men and women on the earth, he extended his fraternal and redemptive hand to these also. Did you know that? Yes, because we think that Jesus only cares for people who are incarnated. No, he cares for people who are incarnated, discarnated, for plants, animals, and also what Kardec calls the subominal, meaning beings that are below the human level, spirits that are transitioning from the animal kingdom to the human kingdom, mm -hmm. and are in the lower regions, spirits who are suffering, immensely, like in the valley of suicides, in the valleys of darkness, and Jesus also took care of them. I think this is something new, maybe for many people who have never thought about it. Okay? Presented to our reasoning that way, simply and natural, disentangled from the mysteries with which humanity continues to cloud over Jesus' grandeur, the celestial envoy truly imposed himself on our convictions as the master par excellence, par excellence, the incomparable guide devoted to the superior idea of human regeneration through love, justice, and labor. Love, justice, and charity, right? This wonderful course required from our goodwill and efforts and from the selflessness of our spiritual instructor, long years of dedication and tireless study combined with exemplification and practice. For the messianic doctrine is based ultimately on practice, confirmed invariably in the daily lives of each adherent. So friends, that's where we come to the center of this chapter. When Camilo recalls that very passage. The pathway was hard. They spent pretty much 10 years in the spiritual realm, studying all of it. And the truth was that we had arrived at a time in our lives as spirits in which it was no longer possible to stagnate. Okay? So, 
we fought against threats of weakness, the dreadful anguish surrounding us, understanding that it was imperative that we continue in spite of the endless struggles that awaited us in the folds of future of the future. While the watchful voice of our conscience informed us that from the magnificent master of Nazareth, we would require the appropriate resources for the journey that was being delineated to our fearful comprehension as repentant delinquents. Come unto me, you who suffer, and I'll give you rest. We responded to that irresistible and gentle call and forged ahead and pressed on. Jesus Christ, the divine redeemer of fragile and rebellious souls, was fulfilling his promise. He drew us to him with his sublime teachings, accepted us into his sheepfold, and convinced us to persevere under his guidance, proving to us every day through the miraculous transformation that was taking place within us, his charitable concern of leading us away from misery and towards redemption. Motivated by the fascinating course which has brought us such relief, we forgot about our pain-filled dramas, the imbalanced passions that had brought us so much misery. We are going to put a pause because are you tired of suffering? When we are, we can also come to Jesus and he's going to bring us relief. So here's a tip for us. Go and recall his passages. Let us visualize him. Now we're living in an era in which you go to YouTube. There's so many beautiful passages portrayed, portraying Jesus and his beautiful things. So it's our turn to go there and allow ourselves to drink from those waters, to bathe ourselves in the waters of the Christ, to be nourished by him, to meet with him daily and say, Master, I'm so thirsty. Give me the living water. Please give me the living water, like the woman at the well. You may be asking, what is our exercise in the next 24 hours? That's the exercise. Pick one passage. Go to Google or YouTube. Select a passage that speaks dearly to your heart. A passage from Jesus' life that speaks dearly to your heart and meditate it throughout the day. Feel yourself immersed in that scenario and allow the master to heal the wounds of your heart and to bring you the consolation and the relief that you may be looking for. I'll do the same because we are on the same boat, right, of life. So let us do that exercise throughout the next 24 hours and feel the closeness to this master that is the most loving, 
we could ever have that we actually have. Okay? Now I'm going to invite you to a prayer. Let us pray the Ave Maria. Play the Ave Maria, right? I'm going to play here so we can work together. Let us now think of those who are suffering much more than we are in the valley of suicides. Right now on earth are in trouble because they are thinking of suicide. Let us visualize Mother Mary, shall we? Yes, Mother Mary and Jesus today, together, shall we? Let us visualize Mother Mary and Jesus Christ. Let us feel their loving embrace onto us. and visualize Mother Mary enveloping us in her blanket of blue healing light and feel her loving embrace. Let us visualize all of us visualizing the blanket of her healing light enveloping each and every suicide spirit that is in need of relief, warmth, consolation and the legion of Mother Mary's servants rescuing them to a new beginning. And now we visualize this shower of blue healing light onto earth, bringing new hope, especially to those who are desperate and thinking of quitting this life. May they feel Mother Mary's embrace. Feel her love, her blessings. And now we hear her whispering words My dear child, this shall pass. My dear child, this shall pass. My dear child, this shall pass. Dear Mother Mary, we thank you for your loving kindness. 
for enveloping all of us on earth with your maternal care. And thank you for bringing Jesus to us in the name of God. And for bridging up our relationship with him. May we stay inspired by your loving kindness and be courageous like you were, knowing that everything shall pass. May we stay under this inspiration today and always, and so be it. Yes, friends, this is Kardec Radio, always nourishing our souls. With lifting hope, there is always hope. Right, soul souls? Right, friends. And I will finalize with uh, Alan Swift's words here from that poem that is so beautiful. I asked for strength, and God gave me difficulties to make me strong. I asked for wisdom, and God gave me problems to learn to solve. I asked for prosperity, and God gave me a brain and brawn to work. I asked for courage, and God gave me dangers to overcome. I asked for love. And God gave me people to help. I asked for favors and God gave me opportunities. I received nothing I wanted. I received everything I needed. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, friends. Until tomorrow, God willing.